Welcome to Chase the Vase podcast, where we share stories about those who have fought to overcome addiction. Join us every Tuesday and Thursday for the latest stories, tools, and tricks to sobriety. Now, here's your host, Brock Bevel. Welcome to Chase the Vase. I'm here with my boy, Jerry Collier. Uh, This guy's got some years under his belt of sobriety. He's a peer recovery coach from Richmond, Virginia. Hey, there are some people out there. Some people have come out of Virginia. Word, made word. some impact. You uh, you work for Department Department of Veterans Affairs. Yes, That's sir. pretty cool, man. How'd you get that job? Uh, by God's grace, really, man. I think my first year in recovery, my wife now has saw an opportunity and uh, she applied and, and I just went for it. And I've been here six, got my whole recovery lane, man, like six, seven years now. Right. So let's see the shirt first because okay. it's sobriety is sexy. That's good yeah. stuff, man. I like <laughs> it. So I just want to hit it up real quick. So your drug of choice was alcohol, cocaine. Yeah. I look at you, I look at you and I, and I, all I hear about from recovering addicts is, listen, man, I can't get a job. My life is messed up. Up, you know, I'm experiencing some days of sobriety, but I'm struggling. Well, how do you speak to that, man? What do you tell them? You got to keep fighting, man. Those emotions of hopelessness and the feelings of worthlessness, you got to fight them off. And for me, you know, speaking personally, what I did, I had to switch my mindset, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little more, but changing the mindset was key and understanding that opportunities are still out there. So don't, don't beat yourself up, man. I got a record too. And Somehow I fell in working for the government. That's the funniest part, isn't it? You know, life comes full circle, man. Just keep fighting. So do me a favor. Let's not hold off because because in my mind, the mindset for recovery is is probably up here, man. I think it's the most important. Number one is stopping to use. But there's there comes a time where you have to flip that script, right? Where mm-hmm. mentally you have to go from, hey, I was an addict. You know, like that commercial. Have you ever heard it? Every time I hear it, it drives me crazy. I was an addict. Now I'm not. Yeah. And I'm yeah, just yeah. like, what? Come on, man. You know, I understand that, but I'm still, you know, and that's why I don't love the process of sitting in the halls. Hey, I'm Brock. I mean, I have 11 years, so I'm Brock and I'm going to, I hate that, man, just because, because I feel like that mindset that you're talking about, I had to flip that script. So, Mm -hmm. so, so talk to me, man. How do you, how did you come about flipping it? I met a U-turn moment in my life, man. It was either I was going to die or get locked back up. And through all the stresses and stuff I was going through, I started to turn to stuff that I thought I didn't like. I started reading books, right? I read, read it like two, three books my first six months into recovery. Um, and that opened my mind to like, man, maybe this is possible. And then, uh, you know, I used to think it was weird, but then I started tapping into the law of attraction and started doing the positive affirmations. Uh, then I read a book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And that was from Napoleon Hill, man. He talks about the definite main purpose statement where you write out all your goals and you shout them out in the morning and before you go to bed so you know where you're headed in life. And it's crazy, but so many doors and opportunities started to open once I got it down on paper and once I shifted my mind to like love and happiness and peace instead of destruction. All so, right, man, that's that's deep. So so let me, let's back up. First book you yeah, read was what? The first book I read was called the, the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Come on, man. You went, you jumped right into that? Hey, man, look, I, I just happened to walk into bar Barnes and Noble and saw it and was like, all right, man, let me check it out. But within the first few pages, he talks about how broke he was. And, you know, he was addicted to alcohol. He was drinking all the time. And recovery. Yeah. 
right, something happened and he, you know, he went on to become the top salesman for cars. And I think he's a billionaire now, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so yeah, like the first few words, like, man, wait a minute. You know, my story, I was 28, dead broke sleeping on my mom's sofa. So once I read that, I was like, oh, I resonate with this. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. He's a billionaire. I need that, man. Yeah. So yeah. first, I love that, man. That's so funny because usually in recovery, the first book people read is the big book. Right. right? I'm kind of glad that you ventured out a little bit and found mm. Grant Cardone. That's that's super cool. And then you you kind of got into this law of attraction and you said you're married now. Were you just screaming it in the middle of your house? Hey, I'm the greatest. <laughs> you know what was going on? I would do it sometimes, man. We had like a uh, big backyard and we lived like kind of in the country when I was going through that phase. So like 530 in the morning, I would open the back door. I'm like, it is September 5th, 2018. And I, Jared Stefan Collier, I am the biggest wholesaler in the state of Virginia. And I would just go nuts with it, man. But it would energize me Mm. throughout the day. And I knew exactly what tasks I had to complete if I wanted to reach my goals, man. So I did that for like a year straight. Why'd you stop? Uh, Goals changed. Good. Okay. Goals changed. So I I would say goals changed. I, I didn't create the time like necessary to rewrite it. And I actually did a clubhouse room last night where we spoke on it a little bit. So what I did last night was I went down and rewrote all of my new goals and stuff I'm trying to reach. So I did get back on that wagon this morning. Isn't it crazy how, and this is interesting because it feels like uh, addiction takes so long to get out of, right? Yeah. And then and then we get sober and we're powered, we're excited, we're jacked up for it. And we go and then all of a sudden, well, life is good again, man. Like yeah. I got my car back, my, my girlfriend <laughs> back, my house back, right. bills are paid, phones taken care of. And then all of a sudden, it's not that we slip, but we can't become comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, for sure, man. And comfortable is like the enemy of progression. You enemy. know what I'm saying? And and, uh, and that's really what happened, man. We had a little money. We, we traveling more. So the focus on those particular goals, you know, they kind of take a backseat. Well, you're comfortable, right? You're like, oh, man, I don't have to do this no more. I did it. But the, the fight isn't finished. So what brought you back to Clubhouse last night to throw your goals back on the table? Was there a moment that brought you back or did you just feel yourself kind of slipping? It was just open discussion and it came up kind of the same thing we were talking about mindset and uh you know my inspiration piece was telling you know the people who joined that room that you know what i used to do like i just did so i was like man you know what after this call i gotta go rewrite mine like y'all y'all opened up the animal again i gotta get back to business Ooh. practice what i preach you know okay jared what was your what's your number one goal now what did you put on the goal? list my number one goal is just to remain sober bro that is my number one top goal just to remain sober so, so seven years of sobriety and you're still worried about remaining sober. I wouldn't necessarily say worry, but I know it's there. You know what I'm saying? That comfortability piece, man. I can never get too comfortable in my recovery because it's waiting. So I made sure I keep my Ooh. eye on the target, man. I can't mm-hmm. let it creep up on me. <laughs> Talk, dude, go deeper on that. What do you mean it's waiting? Because I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm yeah. hearing you. I, I, I totally get it. But I think a lot of people are just perked up and be like, whoa, Jared's talking my language right now. I mean, I've got <laughs> I've got a couple years of sobriety that got uncomfortable. And so what do you like? Number one goal, stay sober, because, you know, if you don't stay sober, what happens? Everything goes. Everything is it's over, man. It's a wrap. And then you live with more self guilt <laughs> than a good times is what I would assume. So, and, man, and, and how fast does it go? Oh, bro, it's gone instantly. <laughs> you know, years of work is going instantly, man. And I can't risk that. So. 
you know, what I mean by saying I know it's waiting, I hear a lot, like from friends, that whole relapse monster, you know, it's waiting. It knows my triggers. It knows my past. It knows my history. It knows what upsets me. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I can't allow me getting angry at something, but all right, man, let me go get, get torn down real quick. Like that'll fix the situation knowing I'm harming something. So it's, it's maintaining, I reverse engineer things, right? It's maintaining what I don't want to occur and doing my best to not let that happen, if that makes sense. Well put, man. Reverse engineered. I love it. What's interesting, you just said something that people, uh, they don't understand. When you said your addiction and your tiger, if you want to use that yeah, line, yeah. whatever that monster is, it knows you. It knows you. And it knows your weaknesses. And it knows exactly what to say. 100%. Yeah, Man. come on over here. This look real good, right? Remember me? Like, nah, buddy. So you almost have to go in defense, right? Like reverse engineered, put in a game plan, a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. So what like boundaries or what tools have you put in place to remain sober? My higher power, you know, first and foremost. My higher power, mind's God. Like, that's my faith. You know, that's where I'll turn first all the time. And uh, when I first started my sobriety journey, I had two kids at that time. Uh, my, my youngest son was a month old. My oldest son was three years old at that time. And I knew no matter what, like I had to take care of them. So my kids subconsciously, they don't even know how big of a role they play in me. You know what I'm saying? Like on this journey and recovery. And now, of course, my wife and my stepdaughter and everything I built, man, the brand is built behind inspiring people. So, you know, if I go and slip off and do some crazy, like I can't come and even have this conversation with you because that wouldn't be truthful. Man, talk to me about the brand because I dig I dig that because most people, most of us, I mean, I know I did. I went, during active addiction, man, I didn't love who I was. Nah, hated I wouldn't, myself. And number number two, I wouldn't put myself out there like, hey, I'm, you know what I mean? I wouldn't come on a podcast and talk because I'd had no confidence. Right. So, right. so talk to me about how you branded through trial and through this, man. I love it. Well, what you find and what, what I've found to be true, man, is that on the journey, you find that through your pain, you find purpose, right? And that's kind of what, what I banked on. And I actually just posted an IG video about it today. So it's crazy you bring it up. But I had like an aha moment. I made money in real estate. I made money in medical supplies. I got a job, good benefits, but I never felt fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? So I was listening to a speaker once and they were like, hey man, if, if you know, what could you do every day? What could you talk about that you could never get tired of and you could do without preparation? I'm like, sobriety. <laughs> like all day, every day, man. I could have these discussions on sobriety and mindset. And, and it just hit me like, oh my God, like this is it. <laughs> like that is what I'm supposed to do. So we came up with the, the title for the brand is Strength in Time, right? Because everything on a guy's green nerf takes time. And through time, you get stronger, you find strength. So my goal is with that is to build a community, man. Build a community for those suffering in silence and for people like you no know, such as yourself that want to get the message out to the people instead of them having to go into the rooms to find it. Because it's not, I don't know, man, in my experience, for one, I didn't see too many people that look like me. So that was a striving factor. Like, all right, man, where? how can I reach? Like, it's got, it's got to be the hair, right? The hair. That <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? So it, uh, and that, that's just what it stands for, man. And that's welcome into any, everybody, race, religion, male, female, however you, you know what I'm saying? However you decide to rock, we, we just want to build and inspire. I like that. Thank you for that, man. What's so cool, man, you just hit two, you just hit two of the top four areas that people need to stay sober. So when we talk about like four pillars of sobriety, I don't know if you've heard it, but 
Your home has to be in order. Your health has to be right. I mean, think about when we're in active addiction, we don't even go to the dentist. Our tooth's falling out. You know what I mean? We broke our leg. We just keep using, you know, it's like, what's going on? But you said purpose and community. Dude, that's profound because people like speak on that. Like, how did you develop this community to be able to bless you and to benefit you? I don't know, man. And I think some things you just can't describe. But what I feel like happened was I put my story out in the open. That was it. Like I had one of those profound moments, man. I was sitting on the sofa thinking about, all right, this is my plan. How do I execute? And I was laying there, looked at my wife. I was like, yo. You got to record me telling my story. And she was like, what? What do you mean? What story? I'm like, oh, my sobriety story. Just get the camera, set it up. Let's go. And then that was it, man. And then ever since then, the content, uh, the creative process, like just having the doors are opening up. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just flowing, man. It's following the energy and, and whatever is leading me to do. And it's a cool experience. It's like a surreal feeling, man. Because now, so you talked about your community, but with your purpose, like you said, I got to find something I can talk about at any day. Yeah. Anytime, drop of the hat, no preparation, and I can talk about it, right? Yeah. Well, my purpose is spreading that message of sobriety. I just know what what that gift has done for me. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I love it. I love it. Uh, I just know what the gift has done to me, man. And to see if I reach one person and I can see it offer them the same help and guidance, man, then, hey, I've done a great job. And I think that's what pushes me and knowing that that that's my purpose. It's not about actually money. You know, it's about the other intangible things, seeing somebody smile, seeing somebody message me like, hey, man, that story really helped me. Like that just fuels me. It keeps me going. It keeps me motivated. Like my, my little daughter's five and she don't really understand. But when I was doing my peer recovery classes, she was like, daddy, are you in class? Can you teach me some of the stuff? And like seeing her like look up to me and not even grasp like, man, you were really part of the reason why I'm doing this. Man. And it's a trip. Man. It's a trip. You know, if you don't mind. So my, my kids had a big part in mind, too. I mean, I, I destroyed Word. my family in active addiction, destroyed them. Yeah. And uh, my son, uh, I still hear a day that I was probably the, the darkest day. I was driving through the mountains and uh, pulled my service weapon out and put it to the side of my head and was really ready to take my own life. And the yeah. voice that I heard in my truck mm. with me um, next to me was my son's voice saying, hey, dad, you're not a chump. You ain't going out like this. So I understand like the impact that people can have, that your kids can have in your, your recovery. So when you put out your story, mm-hmm. did you feel like you reached under your bed? and you grabbed that freaking monster and just ripped it out and said, okay, here you go. It's out. I don't care. You can't attack me anymore. There's nothing you can do about it because guess what? It's not It's not a secret. It's, it's You're exposed. Right. Did you feel that? That like just awakening and that alleviation? Yeah, uh, man, I most certainly did. And where I'm from, I, um, I can't say well-known, but Richmond is it's not a small town either, but I know a lot of people. So a lot of my stuff went on, but it, except some of the stuff I talked about, they only saw me acting out in public, right? They only saw the decline. They didn't know what I was dealing with internally. So a lot of people messaged me like, man, I had no idea that that's how you felt. Like, I'm sorry, I wasn't a better friend this and that. And I'm like, oh, it wasn't you. It was always me. So that that was that refreshing moment. Like, all right, man, cool. Yeah, now y'all can see how I was feeling versus, oh man, you just going to jail, you effing up and everything else. So that that really uh, helped inspire me, helped inspire me, man. Like, hey. damn, I really did something. So you're talking to people right now. There's people hearing you, Jared. What would you tell them, man? Like, 
inspire them. I want I want to hear what you got. You want me to inspire the people? Yeah, I just want you know what I mean. Like I you you got you got time and, and on a <laughs> podcast. Like you got guys that are that are you got parents on here. You have Word. have people in active addiction. You have could be a sibling and they're going through it. What would you tell them? Uh, man, again to keep fighting. I I think. The biggest piece for my recovery outside of my higher power was finding a reason why, right? And what I mean by a reason why is in recovery, and when you're, you know, an active addiction, actually, you're digging a hole. You're setting yourself back in life. And, you know, my misconception of sobriety was as soon as I got sober, everything was supposed to go back to normal. And that's not the case. You got to be patient and you got to find a reason why. Like my why at the time, like I said, was my my two sons. And I knew no matter what else happened, I had to take care of them. Like I had to be here for them. So that was my why. And it helped push me. It helped pull me through the tough days that were ahead, man. I think even now in seven years, you know, life still throw you some left hook and right mm. hooks every now and then. But you learn how to adapt and move and, and deal with things on a different basis. And your why can ch- change at times. Like the base always stays the same. It's going to be family, kids, yourself, your higher power. But then you got goals. Like, all right, I got to stay sober because I want this house or I got to get my license back. Whatever it is, you find that reason why. Keep shifting it and let it pull and push you through all the struggles. Beautiful. How'd you get sober? How did I get sober? Uh, By God's grace, man. I I don't even know how I did it. (laughs) I just know why I did it. Did you seek treatment? Did you did you spend hours and hours in AA? What what was your like mode, your transportation so, to get sober? I became a hermit crab in my first six months. Uh, I mean, I don't know how if you want me to go back and just kind of tell my story a little bit because it sure. would all lead. So of course, man, I was in active addiction for like fourteen years, right? Drinking, you know, a lot of alcohol, a lot of parties, a lot of powder, and. When I turned, once say 21, I got arrested um, for the distribution of cocaine. I served a few months and I came home and went right back to the same thing. So the amount of, I already was depressed. You know what I'm saying? Like now I know that, you know, my addiction was, I was reaching out for self-medication because of my depression. So add that, you know, on top of my depression, now I'm a felon, I can't work. And I had that sense of hopelessness, right? Oh man, I'm worthless. I'm never going to be anything. And my girlfriend at the time, we had our first son. So I'm just adding like stacking weights on my back. And then um, August 15th of 2013, right? My youngest son, like I told you, was a month old and it just came back home. And, and I went out one night and I had no intention of wanting to wake up the next day. You feel me? Like I went and got as hammered as I possibly could. And I remember sitting in my drive, my parents' driveway, as I lived at their house with my girlfriend and two kids. And I was screaming at the sky like, God, why are you doing this to me? Like, I don't want to be here. I didn't ask for my life to be this way. Like, I'm nothing. You know, man, the the drunken rant. And I proceeded. I went inside, man, and started whatever pill bottle I grabbed and just started popping pills, popping them, popping them, popping them. And then the process, by God's grace, I, I passed out, right? Went to sleep. They found me, took me to the hospital. And like you, man, I got goosebumps when you were sharing it. I was sitting in the room, still low-key kind of angry. Like, man, why am I here still? Like, this is not what was supposed to happen. And I had this calm and voice. And I'll never forget it, man. And it was like, this is your second chance. You do what you got to do. No, I love it, man. <laughs> you do what you got to do with it. And from that day, that was August 16th, that common moment, man, it spoke to me. And that's what carried me through. I came 
came back home. I was there for like three or four days in this hospital, getting the treatment and uh, came back home. And my my son's mother was packing her stuff and leaving. <laughs> like I opened the door. She was coming down the steps with her girlfriend, moving her stuff out. And I remember just looking and going into the spare bedroom and just laying my head down. But when she left, she left my kids with me. And that's how it started, man. And I was like, you know what? You said this was my second chance. Like, I heard that clearly. I had them. And that was my motivating force. Mm. Like, all right, no matter what I got to do, I'm doing it. I'm here for a reason, man. And I've just been stronghold ever since, brother. Man, that's a, that's a story, <laughs> bro. I appreciate you sharing oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, bro. You can tell the feelings are still there, man. So every time I share that, it's like. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I, I, I feel when we share that story, like you empower other people. And I just hope that people listening will be able to to resonate with you. I, I believe we all kind of have those similar feelings. I love the way that God reached out and touched you, man. So how are you continuously developing your higher power, your relationship with God? Man, a lot of prayer. I don't, I don't attend the church necessarily like I should, but man, I stay in prayer. I stay elevating my mind. You know, as I look at God too, his energy, man. And as long as I'm teaching and leading with peace, positivity, and love, we got to be close, right? So that's, that's how I maintain my connection with my higher power. I love it, man. Are you working in recovery today? As in, what do you mean? How do you share this message with other people? Because I know how I found you, but how, how are people going to reach out and find you? So, uh, you know, kind of like like you found me, man, I do some content producing on Instagram. Everything is at Strength in Time, the little at symbol, Strength in Time. Uh, is the Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and also on Clubhouse. We just started a new room. You should jump in there too, bro. It's a lot, a lot of cool content going on, but every Thursday, Thursday nights at 9 p.m. on the Clubhouse app, I run a show called uh, We Control the Narrative. And what I mean by that is, like in sobriety, as we spoke about, you get a, or in your active addiction, we get the negative, the negative self-talk, the limiting beliefs, the feelings of hopelessness and worthlessness. And I wanted to flip it and inspire. So how can we control the the narrative to make it positives, right? Like, what do you do on a daily basis to control your narrative and sobriety? And and it's a pretty cool show, man. People come on there and drop some gems and you leave inspired for sure. So what's a gem you could drop on us? A gem that I could drop, man. Uh, Bro, it's, it's simple to me, man. Consistency is key. Probably another gem that that took me a long time to fully understand. You know, whatever it is that you're trying to obtain, just do it daily every day set that one thing and make sure it makes it happen if it's staying sober then stay sober consistency is key let me throw this out there real quick i want you to i want you to speak on it like consistency is key but how do you not how do you not buckle i mean i look at you and and you have a lot going on in your life you you have a great relationship with your higher power you have you have sober time but how what are you doing to make sure that you are for those four walls around you and your family are protected listen man mindset that whole consistency is key piece, man. And if your brain, if you're not feeding your mind what it needs consistently, weeds start to grow, right? It's a garden, man. You got to feed it. You got to mm. plant what's in it, man. So the, I listen to a lot of positive audio books. Like I could go through my Audible and put it to the screen and you'll see everything's like power of the subconscious mind, uh, law of attraction, thinking grow rich. Like I'm just con- consistently feeding my mind. And, and that's it, man. Prayed up and feeding my mind. And that's that's how I stay strong. You know, the whole strength and time piece. So your your philosophy is good in, good out. Bad in, bad out. Bad out. Is that I like that? (laughs) Right. Uh good, man. Man, I have been 
I have been totally elevated today, Jared. Like when I saw you on Instagram, I'm like, I got to reach out and I got to hit this guy up, man. I don't, I don't know you from Adam. <laughs> I researched your story and I'm like, this guy's got power. And I love, I love talking to people who just want to share their story. No doubt. You know? And so I appreciate, uh, I appreciate your message, man. I, your strength and hope. I think you've enlightened us. And I just look at you, man. And, and, and you've strengthened my sobriety today. Hey, man, I, I listen, like I told you, I'm just grateful for the opportunity, man. You know, I, I don't necessarily know what this path is leading me to, man, but it's doing some good. And and being here to even have this discussion with people who understand and hoping to inspire someone else to, that can give it to someone else and we just keep that flow going, man, I'm extremely grateful. So thank you. What are you telling your kids? You have small kids, right? Yeah. What are you telling them about addiction? Man, I haven't, I haven't really dove into the discussion about addiction, but when they say, cause we'll celebrate my sober anniversaries. So they'll ask like, what does this mean? Say, Hey, well, you, you know, your dad had a past and I've decided to uh, remove like alcohol and drugs from my life. And they'll say, well, what's that? I'm like, man, well, if people don't have a certain, I call it the switch, like you can make a lot of bad decisions. And these bad decisions, unfortunately, led me to do some uncool things in my life. So I'm just trying to correct that with you all, you know? So like, I'm a fan of letting people make decisions, man. So I just try to preach that the grass is greener on this side approach, man. And uh, let guys will, hopefully they follow suit, you know? Well, you're doing the right thing, man. I, lo I love your vibe. I appreciate you. So if people want to get a hold of you. It is at Strength in Time. Strength and time. All right. I know you have your you have your sobriety story on there. I've reviewed that. So keep on, keep it on. Good in, good out, bad in, bad out, right? No doubt, man. Keep that's, chasing that's the, the base. <laughs> that's the way. Right on. Thank you for your time. Hey, I appreciate it, brother. Again, extremely grateful. Thank you. Yes, sir. You've been listening to Chase the Vase Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more information, please follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, or visit our website, chasethevase.com. Until next time, keep chasing the vase.